show's about to start. Where are we going? Over the top. It's time to go over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good Friday, everybody. Welcome to the weekend. (laughs) Not good Friday. Remember we said Wednesday's the new Thursday. Just can't ignore the next forty-eight hours. That's that's dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday's the new weekend. What's up, guys? It's over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on the Realist of the Real, eleven hundred AM, right here in Midtown, almost Buckhead, Atlanta. And welcome, huge shout out to everybody on iHeart. Thank you so much for joining in, all of our iHeart listeners. You can listen to us. As we broadcast live right here in Atlanta, Georgia, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. And if you're here in Atlanta and you are listening on Real 1100 AM, then um, you're welcome because we are your drive time entertainment. And yes, it's so entertaining, isn't it, Jarrell? I think we're top five. Top five? Wait, what? We're not number one. Because exactly, like, these kids is what I'm telling you. No, because everybody's no, everybody's opinions. You know, you gotta you gotta take that into granted. Like, no, you, we don't you care. Narrow it down to top five. No, we don't care about opinions. Number one. Here. Well, we're not five. That makes you feel better. Okay, that's enough of you. I'm taking away senseless <laughs> shenanigans. That is the senseless shenanigan <laughs> for gosh. the day. That. Well, that was early. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That happened fast. That went nowhere fast. Um, yeah, welcome everybody. Facebook, hello, Facebook. How are you? At Michelle T. Willis, I think we're on Facebook. And we're not on Instagram yet, but we will in the second segment. But transparently speaking, my phone is dead. And so we had to just charge it up. Um, as great a job as I attempt to do in planning for these things, I just fail miserably. It happens. It, you're not you know the first. I mean? like, God forbid if your phone doesn't die, that means you're not doing a lot. Think of it like that. Now he wants to be optimistic. <laughs> it's a flip now, side of his coin. Now <laughs> he's now he's glass half full. I love it. Hey, at some point it's got to happen. Welcome to everybody that's here. And it's been a crazy week already. Crazy good. First of all, we got to make sure that we give props and praise where it is due after all of the grilling, all of the nonsense, all of the questions and the ridiculousness we now have a new supreme court judge judge brown jackson yes give her all the praise yes she made it and i'm just going to read this here this is according to what is this uh the mississippi link on february 25th 2022 116th Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Supreme Court, Judge Jackson, currently serves on the United States Court of Appeals for the... I'm reading the wrong thing. What is this? This is... I thought I was reading her confirmation as of like yesterday. No. I'm like, wait a minute. This is her bio. (laughs) (laughs) We we just spent 35 weeks going through her bio, right? Like we know her... We know her much more than she probably wishes that we did. You know, some people still don't know. To get nominated, they're going to be in your business. I mean, down (laughs) deep. Yes. So deep in the business. We forgot her transcripts, right? Man. I mean, like, seriously? (laughs) Everything. Some Supreme Court justice didn't even finish law school. So. Are they allowed to do that? I don't know how, but they were. I feel like that's an issue. 
Yeah. You know, it things. It should be an issue. Because I don't want to say, well, I go to school because that's not what we're here for. But what? Right. It should be an issue. Yeah. Carol on, on Facebook says, SMH, shaking my head. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Um, but you know what? We don't want to dwell on the days of old. We dwell on the present and the future. And right now, she's in. And that's all that matters. She made it. Yeah, what? Expected to be confirmed as the first black woman in the Supreme Court. Justice this week. So expected to be confirmed. But yes. I thought she was confirmed yesterday. Wasn't she confirmed yesterday? What I'm looking there, at there was, was a, uh, yesterday. They, with the committee that votes on it, there was a tie. And the way that they get around a tie ah. is they send it. They do another little vote to get it to the Senate floor. And they're expected to get a majority vote there. Got it. Okay, there you go. And that was our handy-dandy producer, Greg. Every now and then, it's kind of like the turtle that pops its head out of the shell. Every now and then, he's like, you know, Michelle, I'm going to grace you with my voice today. Last week, he was like, nope, I'm not doing it. Today, Greg's like, no, I got something to say. I'm going to say it loud. Well, it wasn't really loud, but we did hear you. Well, you know, I, I, want, I wanted to help. <laughs> I think I had to help last week. Oh, so I'm failing miserably is what he's saying. Okay, all right. Can we <laughs> shut the show down like said, and then start you. over? <laughs> I know, right? Transparency is key. Yeah. Communication is so important. Yeah, gracious. Okay, so congratulations to her. The Grammys. Did you watch the Grammys? I watched the winners. I didn't watch the Grammys. Did you watch that slap? Wait, oh, there's wait. another slap? Oh, no, no, no. That's the Oscars. Yeah, like, yeah, Golly. Oh, oh my gosh. I was like, we are shows. not. I'm like, wait, somebody else got slapped? <laughs> no, I was like, why don't we know that? Why don't yeah. Wait, what just yeah. happened? I mean, Will and Chris Rock have overshadowed everything now. We don't even know when other slaps happen. No. Uh, you know what? That could be it, though. If No joke. If the, if a slap happened, I feel like we wouldn't know about it until today. You know, By the way, uh, Kanye West walked. You know, something like that. Right. Just do all still, the crazy. We are still talking about it, which means I'm not going to talk about it. No, I'm yeah, not going to no, fall. No, we don't have to talk about it. I almost fell for it, but I'm not you know what we can't it. talk about, though? What? The Grammys. The Grammys, yes. yes. You were like, wait, which one is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny, though. Like, when I was growing up. I was confused like, with that. Like, everybody watched the Grammys. Remember, you yeah. used to sit and watch the Grammys. We even watched the Oscars, which we there was no real reason for us to watch them. But, you know, we used to watch them. Yeah. But now oh, people are like, what? When? when is what on? Like, it's like people aren't even phased anymore. No. We're too much. We're too focused on Instagram and Facebook. It's like, we're like, we'll watch it. Wait, are they going to do a versus? Oscars versus Grammys. Oh, that would be a good versus, no? You can't, no, you can't, because now it's a million dollar idea. Just pretend like you didn't say that. We'll, we'll go yeah, back to the Yeah, you just gave board. up your oh, idea. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Anywho. That's stupid. Oh my <laughs> gosh, like, the dumbest thing that? ever. <laughs> who, why would, Who's doing that? Gosh. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Anywho, uh, back to the Grammys. Okay, so you know that the people were talking about boycotting the Grammys because they felt like, they didn't do enough for the culture, specifically around like rap artists being shafted and not getting enough nominations and all that good stuff. Any thoughts on that? Um, huge thoughts. I feel like the conversation, of course, started a while back, but it really got brought up to light when um, Tyler, the creator, a couple years back, got a award uh, for, I'm going to say it was urban music. Black music, okay. Yeah, black, yeah, but they didn't um, They didn't give him, you know, I think it was song or album of the year. They just put him in the urban category because of who he was. And yeah. I think that started a uncomfortable conversation. Oh, right, 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 right. Because he right. made it very, very known that, hey, I understand why I was put in this category, and I think it's nonsense, but I'm still going to keep doing my thing. Right. And I appreciate the award. And I think that kind of was like, he didn't disrespect anybody. He just made it known that it's obvious 
I should have won, you know, so-and-so. Right. And you guys blocked me from that. So, hey, it is what it is. And then also, people forget The weekend. He he got shut down so fast by the Grammys last year. That's he right. He didn't want a single award for his outstanding best album to date yet. Right. Oh gosh. Uh, he, I said he it. He wasn't nominated at all. It wasn't nothing. Nominated. Yeah. yeah at zero. Then he had the best selling album of the year. Yeah. So people I, are yeah. like speaking out about this, and a lot of artists are really t- pick pick tick. Ticked off. I was trying to trying to not say the wrong word. <laughs> Wait, what? PO'd, ticked yes. off. They're really upset about it. And I get it, right? I mean, like, because it's like, you know, you have these big award shows that aren't built for us. So they're certainly not by us. But we're expecting, you know, this praise and this inclusion and, and all of this stuff. And so much of this culture we built. Let me tell you who I met la- la- yesterday who you probably will not know, Jarrell, because you're like 10. Oof. Uh, Speaking of 10-year-olds, I got to give a shout-out to my 10-year-old and my 13-year-old who are in the studio today. It's spring break. It's bring your kid to work day, unofficially. And they're all like, gosh, the camera's not even on y'all. Why are y'all acting? (laughs) Like, they're all putting their heads down like, oh, my gosh. The shout-out was enough. They have no idea what you look like. They can't even see you. Except I'm going to turn the picture around so Facebook can see you. There you go. You're welcome, Facebook. There they are. Oh, one's being hidden by wires. He's so oh, short back there. He's like, and I'm going to make sure I move out of frame, Mom, so nobody can see you. Shout out to my favorite 10-year-old and my favorite 13-year-old. All right, and we're back. Okay, do you know who Pat Boone is? Pat Boone. Name sound familiar? Yes. No. You know. Who is he, Greg? He's a uh, singer that he was brought in for all the all the black artists who were making hit songs, someone brought him in to cover their songs and and, and sell them. To make oh, this. to basically create buzz around the you know what the black artists were doing in the fifties. They weren't getting Pat any Boone. Okay, Pat so Boone. So Pat Boone was he literally like a country. He's country. He's R and B. Pop. Pop. Yeah. He's yeah. gospel. He. I mean, he's he, saying every. He sang whatever sheet music you well, gave. To our, well, <laughs> wow. when I came up, that was Weird Al Yankovic for us. Ah, he covered Michael Jackson music. Weird Al did, yeah. yeah. Well, Weird Al did parodies. Yeah. With Pat Boone, it would be no. It's a real songs. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like famously, he did a lot of um, uh, Little Richard. Songs. He did a lot of Little Richard songs. Hmm. Yeah, and actually, so so I met him last night. I went to this movie premiere last night in Augusta. You went to Augusta. I went to Augusta. I'm going to tell Okay, I got to tell y'all. Oh, the, real it, quick. Yeah. That's my hometown. You're from oh, Augusta? What? So, so don't throw no shade. I'm not going to throw any shade. I love <laughs> Augusta. <laughs> Whatever shade. What, I'm not going to. shade, it, that is what it is. He's like, <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> he's like, I don't like the place anyway. <laughs> so it's fine. Okay. No shade. Okay. So, I, yeah, shout out. If I controlled the soundboard, I would give you all kinds of little. Oh, or or clap. Okay. okay, yeah. That's enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he is the producer of the show, so he gets to say it. Okay, so sidebar, I went to Augusta yesterday. That's where I met Pat Boone. Okay. Um, and I was, I could not understand why I was going, honestly. But one of the publicists reached out to me, and, and it came to me personally. So literally, you know, we get requests for media all the time, right? But they come through the magazine. It'll go to, like, the general mailbox. Or, you know, Jarrell, if they come to the media company, it'll go to, like, the info general mailbox. Yep. They might come to my personal email, but if they do, it's a blast. And it's like a B- BCC. 
gotcha. Michelle Taylor Willis, right? This came directly to me, and she was like, hey, Michelle, we want you to come to this, you know. So I found it a little odd just because I don't normally, every now and then I'll get a specific one like, Michelle, we want you here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. I'd look, and it's this was last week. It's in Augusta. And I'm like, I'm not driving two and a half hours to go screen a movie. Like, I don't, yeah. like, what's, what, you know, what's the point? So I was like, hey, are you going to do this in Atlanta? And the woman was like, we're only screening it in Augusta, but we'd really like it if you could make it. Wow. So I was like, okay. Um, all right. So I was like, all right, well, I'll think about it. But mm-hmm. I really didn't think about it anymore because I'm like, again, I'm not driving to Augusta. Yeah, that's far. Oof, that's oof. a good, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's two hours. So two it's hours. not far. It's not, but I mean, to go screen a movie, when I go to like movie screenings weekly here, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and, and so I pretty much put it out of my mind like I'm not going to go. So this was yesterday, right? Tuesday. So on Monday morning, I'm sitting at my computer, and another email comes up from this lovely publicist. Hey, Michelle, just checking back in. You know, are you plan on coming? And I was like, why is she, like... On you. Why is she on me about coming to this thing? And I was like, well, she's like, uh, I said, well, if I come, I'm not going to be able to get there. You know what I mean? It's going to be... A little bit longer. I've got some other things going on, blah, blah, blah. You know, if it comes to Atlanta, it's not coming to Atlanta. All right, fine. So I happen to be talking to a friend of mine who's in the industry. And I tell him, hey, look, I keep getting this ping. Do you think I should go? Without a doubt, he was like, oh, yeah, you should absolutely go. Like, why? Why would somebody tell me just to drive randomly to Augusta to see? Yeah. You don't know what God had planned. Thank you. The reason I'm telling the story is because I got the dope boy Deacon in <laughs> the studio. So you know where I'm going with I this, can, right? I, I can hear it. You I can, can hear you it warming coming. the story up. I'm warming it up, man. <laughs> and so I'm like, am I taking too long? No. no okay, no, I just want because he's like, speed this along. No, no, we gotta, you know, you got to interview me. I'm right? being entertained. Okay. <laughs> and so, and I am going to hurry up because we got to actually take it to go to break. And so then, so I'm talking to him. He's like, no, you should absolutely go. He looks at the film and it was a dope film. All I could, I saw that it was the Mulligan, that's the name of it. And it had some names that I knew. Some people been on the Ozarks and Travel to the End of the Earth, or you know what I mean? Big stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, and it's a, this was a diverse cast. And by diverse, I mean there was one black person in it, which was something also different, right? I, mm-hmm. You know, we don't see a lot of that in it, as much of that in Atlanta, right? Okay. For like red carpet premieres yeah. and all that. So I was like, okay, this is interesting too. All white cast, you know, a couple of, um, Black actors. All right. So then I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, you should you should go. You should definitely go. Then I talked to somebody else, and I just happened to mention to them. They're like, you should absolutely go. What are you waiting for? Absolutely go. I'm like, why is everybody telling me to go? Tuesday morning, I still am not sure I'm going. I'm 50-50. Wow. I get another email from the publicist. Hey, Michelle, just checking back in to see if you're going to make it today. For those who don't believe, open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> open your so eyes. So I'm like... I said, okay, it's supposed to rain today. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> it's supposed to rain today. I'm going to do my best. If I do make it, I'm not going to make the red carpet. Yeah. Can I interview them? Can I cover, you know, maybe talk to the cast after, blah, blah, blah. She's like, there's no official interviews, but the cast is going to be doing a talk back afterward. You can ask them questions. Absolutely. We'd love for you to make it. 
Long story short, I end up going. It is a disaster outside yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's monsoon. There were three accidents on the highway before I even got out of Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta was horrible yesterday. Georgia. Like, <laughs> bad accidents. And yeah. I literally am asking myself, like, God, why are you sending me to Augusta? Because at this point, I know it's God. Because mm-hmm. there's no reason random people are like, yeah, go to Augusta. Most people be like, girl, what you driving to Augusta? Go to, you can see a, you, you know, Die Hard 15 will be here next week. <laughs> you can go screen that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I get, in the name of the movie is The Mulligan. Uh-huh. The movie is a spiritual base. I won't say Christian. I won't say it's, but it's about God. And the movie is, the reason it's called a mulligan is because it's basically about the power of God and how when you're operating in his power, you just continue to get mulligans. Grace, mercy, mm-hmm. and you get mulligans. It's about a guy who had been estranged from his wife for like five years and estranged from his kid. And he took up the game of golf. And Pat Boone, this legendary singer, you know, Everything mm-hmm. was the golf guy that basically brought this guy back to God and taught him about mulligans in your life and how God can, you know, basically wipe that all away. And I was like, this is why I had to come and watch this story, because I need to be reminded of the grace and the mercy. And I know everybody doesn't believe it. I'm not trying to make that. But whatever it is you believe in, your higher power, your universe, your Allah, whatever, I call it God. Mm-hmm. We have to be constantly reminded that, like, every day we get a mulligan. Every day, every time you open your eyes, you open your eyes, you are living by somebody's grace. Somebody was like, you get to try again today. Yes. And I needed that reminder. On top of that, I got to meet Pat Boone, which is awesome. And my mom is going to be so excited. She's probably listening right now. (laughs) She's going to be so excited I got to meet Pat Boone. And he was telling me the story about how he covered Little Richard and how Jesse Jackson actually told him that he was the reason, in so many words, that black music was entered into mainstream culture mm-hmm. because he covered the songs. He said Little Richard, when his songs were playing on the radio, friends, he was washing dishes in a kitchen. Yes. He was making no money. He was making not a dime. His songs were all over national radio. He's washing dishes. And he heard Pat Boone singing his song. And he was like, he threw the towel down. He's like, I'm not watching it. Pat Boone is singing my music. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like, Pat Boone told me this to my face yesterday. Yeah. Wow. I realized when I got there that there was a reason I needed to go. Guys, trust your gut. Yes. When something is talking to you in through the rain, through the storm, through the, through the lightning, through the accidents, you know that you are covered. You know that you are safe. You know that somebody is enveloping you in grace and mercy. And whatever it is you are called to do, you are supposed to do it. Just like the dope boy Deacon is supposed to be in here. I'm five minutes past my break. But somebody needed that message on Real 1100 AM, on iHeartRadio, on at Michelle Taylor Willis, on just about everything. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Kirby Telsey, the Doughboy Deacon. His story is fantastic. And he has lived under the ultimate mulligan because he changed his life from the streets 
to the pulpit. Guys, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Real 1100 AM. We're going to be back with Kirby. We got to talk about pristine and clean. We got Cicely shenanigans coming up at 5 o'clock, 530. Ask Michelle. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Michelle. Michelle. All right, guys, we are back with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Over the Top Radio on Real 1100 AM. It is just after 4.30, and maybe some of you guys are driving home right now. If you are, I hope you are in for a treat. Hopefully y'all heard the amazing story in the first segment. It was so good. I feel like I want to take it. And actually, I think I, I will have you. Drew, I want you to take that because we did it on Facebook. Instagram, you didn't get to hear it, but we're... Can you extrapolate that from the broadcast? And then I want to make sure we get that story and post it. So I can give God his praise. Okay. Yes. Got you. understand. Yes. To everybody, everywhere. We went from Pat Boone to, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like there's a cover Pat Boone did of this song somewhere. <laughs> he covered everybody's song. He, he covered everybody, like from Lil Richard, Metallica. Oh, um, so he should be rich. Maybe there's probably Kanye oh, covers out there, too. Yeah, oh, no, Pat rich. Boone is like literally, I was saying before, Elvis is the only person who sold more records than him, and then Pat Boone. It's like $45 million. It's on his Wikipedia page. Oh, wow. oh, no, he is, no, he is the real deal. Like, this man, like, just, if you type in Pat, mm-hmm. it just, it comes up. Okay. Yeah, so he's the real deal. Wow. Yes, wow. welcome back, iHeart, Facebook, Instagram, at Michelle Taylor Willis. What is going on? Do we have a treat for you today? What? I typed in Pat. He's the fourth person to pop up. Yeah. And he's like, he's probably 80-something, maybe 90. Yeah, he should be up there. No, he's... He's 87. 87, 87. And he's still walking. I mean, I just saw him. Like I said, it was dope. Do you know where Pat Boone's from? Yes. Wait, don't tell me. Atlanta? How dare you? Nashville. A little bit down south, more south, more south. Like Macon area? No, 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 south, more south. I know this because I just Miami. read it. No, 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 a little bit more north, but you're in the okay, right. Okay, just tell us. Florida. Action, Actionville, Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, Jacksonville, that's right, yeah, because oh, yeah. I was like, wait, I feel like I know this. Yeah, he's from Duval, that's right, <laughs> yes. that's right. When I, was reading this, when I was reading the Wikipedia yesterday, I was like, he's from Jacksonville? I wish I'd known that when I talked to him yesterday because, yeah, you know, he might have been like, yo, Michelle, you're going to be in the next movie with me, you know, down in Duval. I would have did it. I didn't have that point of connection, though. I didn't know. Hey, no, next time, next time. Oh, next time always next time speaking of which mulligans i get a do-over every week to have an amazing conversation with amazing people and today we have in studio kirby telsey friends kirby telsey this man is he's a serial entrepreneur the first business he was in was not i was about to say it was not dope but it was it was dope it was dope and dope. You know, like it was the dopes. The dopes. It was the dopes. The dopes. Right? And he basically parlayed that. He, he said God talked to him. And when God spoke to him, he took all of that business, all of that knowledge, all of that enterprising, and flipped it and started a new business the right way. Um, his story is fascinating. He's here to tell us about it. He's got a book out called Dope Boy Deacon, and he calls himself the Dope Boy Deacon, and you're going to hear why. But he also has a restaurant that, if it's not open, it should be opening any day Monday, now. Monday, It's opening on Monday. Monday. Yeah, and who's the first mouth you're going to feed in that restaurant? I'll make sure Michelle get the first plate. The first oh. plate! Oh! 
You know, food is my thing. I love food. All right. So welcome, Kirby. Thank you so much for coming in today. I can't wait for our listeners and viewers here on, on at Michelle Taylor Willis on Facebook and Instagram to be inspired. So we're from the same state. You from Florida? I'm from Duval. You from Duval? I'm from, I'm from Duval I'm and you're Dade County. This is how we hold it up, 305. Yes. Okay. And you know, every time I think about Miami in the 90s, you know I automatically think about Uncle Luke. Can we play Luke? Can we play Luke? I talked about him in this book. Did you? I yeah, didn't say that he part. he inspired us, you know. He, he, he inspired a lot of people. Yeah. They didn't give him his props. Uncle Luke didn't get his props? No. It's later on they acknowledged him. Well, I, in Jacksonville, we felt like he got his props constantly. Yeah. Because we were, Uncle Luke, Uncle Luke. Yeah. Look at him go. Uh. Yeah, yeah, he inspired a lot of people. <laughs> he inspired a lot of people. Yeah. But I'm glad you talked about him in the book. Okay, so talk to me about your childhood and growing up in Dade County in the 90s. Like, how did the streets get a hold of you? In Dade County in the early 90s, this one, crack, the crack era had boomed. And it's almost like crack was created in, in Miami. That's totally Because, you know, wow. we don't know nothing outside of Miami. And it was crack houses all over. It was crack houses on every block. Everybody had crack houses. It was like the new McDonald's for black people. Dang. It was everywhere. Really? That's just how popular it was. Everybody, what we call it back then, we call it dope spots or holes. We didn't call them traps. Atlanta people came traps. We're like, yo, he got a spot over there. He got a dope hole over there. Okay. Well, dope hole. We'll get dope to know hole. we came up with traps. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Atlanta came up with traps. <laughs> okay. Yeah, y'all came up with that. We came up with dope hole or we came up with spot. With uh, He got a spot over there, uh, dope hole. Wow. So you couldn't go a few steps away from your home. And didn't realize there was drug being sold somewhere around here. So now this is in this isn't all of Miami, right? This is like in the in specific, right? Like to be Liberty honest with City, you, to be right? honest or... with you, we I came up in a place they call Uptown Little Haiti. It's like Uptown. I grew up in Uptown. I grew up in Uptown, but I went to school in Little Haiti. Okay, Little Haiti, man, it might have been a dope spot on every block. I'm sorry. Ooh. Yeah, it was. So this is your home. Like, you grew up in this. You yeah. were born into the, like. Yeah. Okay. And so it, I didn't have no inspiration to be nothing but a drug dealer. Wow. That's all I wanted to be. Why, why else would you? Because every drug dealer in my neighborhood had the best cars. They had the nicest clothes. I want to be like him. Wow. Yeah, so that was, and they inspired me. And so I didn't have a chance. Dang. So you become, it's true, right? We say this a lot, but. You don't really know or believe it until you hear something like this. We become what we see. Yes. You are totally a product of your environment. And so it even makes it more, it makes it more endearing when we see somebody get out of it. When we think about all the entertainers we see on TV that started off in the game, right? Mm -hmm. That made it out. It makes it that much more special, I think, because that was the aspiration. Um... Getting out wasn't easy. Getting out was not easy. Okay, so let's talk about getting in. Like, what were you, I mean, were you, like, playing baseball or stickball? That's what kids used to play, stickball. Getting in for me was, I was in middle school with this young dude. He's in this book. 
and he had so much power at 14 years old. Mm. He wow. had guys under him. And he would come to got the early pyramid scheme. Yeah, he he yeah that really was a pyramid scheme. He would come to school on his dirt bikes. What at fourteen? At fourteen, or if you want to drive a car, he'd drive a car there. Oh, he dug it. And then <laughs> teachers <laughs> oh, didn't mess with him. He'd beat somebody in front of the teacher. They wouldn't even touch him. So I'm like, who is who this, is this dude? guy? Right. And now I'm, wait, were, were you growing up with your mom and dad? Or no, just I grew up with my mom. Okay. I, it was just my mom and my brother. It was just the two of us in the house. And so I looked at this dude. I said. I want to be like that little dude right there. We were the same age. Later on, he became very good friends with some very powerful entertainers. I won't call them names. Yep. To the point, from middle school, I met him in prison 20-something years later. What? And wow. I said, I idolized you from middle school, and I followed you right here into this prison jail. Dang. Yeah, we were walking, we were walking to prison y'all one day. I said... Man, I watched you coming up. I want to be just like you, man. That's crazy. And, and, now, and, and you now got we, it. And we walk in this prison yard together. Dang. Yeah. And then he told me, yeah, I bought so-and-so a roller. He was a young kid. Yeah, I bought so-and-so. He was talking about a celebrity. Everybody know. He said, yeah, I bought him one of his first Rolex watches. He was a teenager doing this stuff. And so I wanted to be like him. Yeah, he's coming to school on dirt bikes and riding cars. And you're yeah. like, man, I'm walking with this bus, heavy yeah. behind backpack. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is for the birds. Yeah. And so he kind of, I, I was drawn to his uh, lifestyle. So I'm like, how do I get in? Hmm. How do I get into this? And my mother's very strict. My mother's Ooh. a single mother. She's very strict. Of course. I couldn't play I couldn't play no basketball. I couldn't play no because she felt like when you get into that, it's going to draw you into something else. So yeah. she didn't want me around no because my mother's a, a Haitian immigrant. Uh-huh. And Haitian immigrants try to protect their kids from mingling with American kids. Right. Because they felt like American kids had no rules. They followed no rules whatsoever in their home. And I was about to ask, why did you think that? So that's really, that's, that's the... Um that's the thought process that we have no rules. And they felt like Americans let their kids do whatever they want to do. Wow. And they and and I don't want you playing with those kids. And, That's and crazy. It, yeah. And so by that, and my mother don't know this kid cool. This kid got structure in his home. Yeah. So my mother just like, we stayed close to a project <laughs> in Miami, and Haitians called the project Black Party. She said That's the only place black people got power. They run wow. that over there. And she used to always tell me, "Don't you go over there and black power playing with them kids over there." Dang. Because she felt like they don't run nothing outside that project. Right. Dang. And so with that being said, I mingled in with the black power people. I want black power too. And black power was to have money in the neighborhood and sell drugs. And that's what we call black power to me. So you go to this kid and you're like, how do I do this? What do I he do? He didn't want me to let me in because he was so ruthless. He didn't want to let me in. So my name. Crabs in a bucket. <laughs> even in the drug game. No, he didn't want to let me in. Even in the drug game. Each other down. He didn't want to let me in because he was <laughs> I was too soft for him. He was ruthless. And I was a soft little 14-year-old kid. He was busting people upside the head, pulling out guns. I was not about to do that because that's like a real uh, training day. You know what I mean? like you ride around with Dizzy watching for training you. day. <laughs> so I would have to go and bust somebody upside the head immediately with this dude. <laughs> you could do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> and I was too soft for him, so he wouldn't let me in. So I gradually got in. At this time, he's, he's, he's a major crack dealer. And when we talk about major crack dealers, they run through, they, at the time, what I learned from him, they were making $50,000 a day in every spot. Because they came and took over Atlanta. He was original Miami boys in Atlanta. Mm. 
So if I was going to go roll with him, I would have to leave junior high school, come to Atlanta with him, and they was having shootouts. They would get murdered. They would shoot. That's another book I'm about to write about the Miami Boys when they came to Atlanta. What was the timeline on that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, the Miami was... Boys came here between 88 and, and, and the reign of terror ended like in the early 90s. He like said the 90s. reign of terror. Oh, it was yeah, a reign of terror here. You have to really know this story. There was wow. a story here about the Miami boy before BMF set foot BMF here. Miami boys ran Atlanta. Wow. See, people don't know that story. It's only the people in my age group that knew, oh, yeah, the Miami boys, we had to kill them and run them out of Atlanta. That's the truth. It was a reign of terror here from 88 to about 93. That's when they started sending them to the feds and murdered a bunch of them and sent them back home. Wow. Yeah, because they were coming here with guns. And it, I hear this from OGs from Atlanta. They said, Yo, I don't know where the Miami boys got them guns. Because back in Miami, everybody rode around with Uzis. Mm. So you come and shoot with your little 38 long nose, they just coming through, shooting up the block. So they were more advanced as far as weaponry. Their, their, their artillery was more advanced than what they had here in Atlanta. So they were like, yeah, they had some guns, but we had to get them out of here. Wow. That's crazy. So he was part of that crew. As a matter of fact, he was the boss of most all the guys that was under him. They came here working for him. And I couldn't come at 14, 15 years old. No, come your mom would have tore you yeah, behind up. I wouldn't have made it either. I wasn't that vicious. Got you. I wasn't that violent. I wasn't. I, he came up in the projects. I didn't. Right. In the project, you come up scrapping, you fighting people older than you, you stabbing people. He already saw the I, savagery. I got to be a savage out here. I didn't have that in me right. when I when I stepped to him. So you so you go to him. How how do you, and how do you get started? My neighbor, my neighbor had a bag of weed because at this time I transferred out all the little Haiti in North, Mi uh, all the schools in the little Haiti area. And I went to the school in the white area where Jewish kids went to. And my neighbor had a big old bag of weed. I said, I said, let me get that. He said, Kirby, you don't know what to do. I said, give it to me. And I remember this is my first drug transaction. I went to school with these bag, this big old bag of weed. And I remember meeting these little rich white kids in the bathroom. I would give them so much weed for $5. I was the dumbest drug dealer. Uh, <laughs> I was the dumbest drug dealer. I'm going to this Ziploc bag. I'm like, you, how much money? I got five. I, I was giving away. I was giving. A, I was giving away almost a whole pound of weed for a little bit of nothing. Oh my god! Oh and so my when god. I went back to my neighbor, he's like, "How much money you made?" I'm like, "Well, I was so excited." I'm like, "Man, he like, girl, what the hell?" <laughs> He said, no, we're going to have to bag this stuff up. <laughs> so he had to teach Right for to, you, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you don't know what to do with this. He said, you're giving away all the drugs. Right. That's crazy. So that's how you got started. That's how I got started with my neighbor. It's so funny. Before I got here, my god brother called me. My god brother said, Kirby, I need two more of the books. He said, I can't believe you put all this stuff in this book. And he, he said, I can't believe you wrote all this stuff in this book. And I'm like, it's the truth. Right. He said, Kirby, give me two more of those books. Wow. I like why wow, you make me because it's crazy. Yeah, and I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, but I've read through it. I'm like, I'm looking at some of the stories. I'm like, this is a movie. It is. It's a movie. Maybe this is a Media movie. should make this a movie. Yeah, this is a movie. Ooh, Anybody in Atlanta that. listening hey, out there? Can you? Could you fund? Could you fund a movie? Could I fund a movie? I could possibly go gather up some money. I know people with the money that could fund. Listen, the movie. if you could fund a movie, I'm telling you. I can help you make this movie. You can help me make it? I absolutely can. Depending what the budget would be, I can think I can make it happen. So let's talk about that offline. Ooh. Okay. For sure. She's I always like selling, idea. isn't she? Mm. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, so, all right, so you get you get into the game as a, teen, a young teenager. How do you progress through this, and at what level do you oh, end up? At this point now, my mindset, I got to be the biggest drug dealer in Miami. What is your mom? Does your mom know? Not in the beginning. Cause my mother was very strict and very yeah. harsh. You weren't scared? I was very scared. I remember my first arrest. I got arrested on my block. 
My younger brothers, they was riding around in a stolen car, and I went to visit them. They're like, Kirby, I'm like, where y'all get this car from? I'm Listen, I'm the dumbest criminal at this time. <laughs> my IQ in criminology is zero. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, so I'm riding around with my brothers in a stolen car with my driver's license in my pocket. Damn. And they were like, they stayed a different place for me. They stayed in Miami Gardens, and I stayed back in oh, Uptown. Oh, Miami Gardens. I know about yeah, Miami Yeah, so I stayed Gardens. in Uptown, so they curved. You driving yourself home. I was like, yo, I can't go back home with a stolen car. They said, we're not taking you. You drive that car back home. So I took the car. I drove it home. I made it straight to my neighborhood. And when I got to my neighborhood, I'm like, where am I going to park this stolen car? Right. Not so I'm, I can't park it at the house. <laughs> so, I'm par- I, so I made a U-turn in the, on my neighborhood, and a police car turned behind me. I'm like, oh, my God. Not when I made it home. You were right there. Yeah. You were so close. Yeah, very close. Oh, but I had to get, this had to happen. I'm telling you, all this stuff had to happen. I get pulled over. I'm trembling, trying to take the key out of the ignition. The police figure, like, something going on here. <laughs> and they say, let me see your license. I had my license like a dummy. I'm going to steal the car. <laughs> I'm going to steal the car. Here, here's my license. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> anything Dang. else you need, officer? Yeah, anything. And I'm trembling. Make sure you go in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I'm trembling with the keys. So I get arrested. My mother come out. My mother was up the street sleeping. They like. Uh, I was trying to hide underneath the police car. They're like, this is Kirby. He lived in this neighborhood. Someone in LA said, oh, that's Kirby. They say, officer, he didn't steal that car. Kirby got a car in the yard. I, I, my mother had just helped me purchase a car. Mm. They said, we know he didn't steal that car. He got a car parked in the yard right now. They went and got my mother. My mother lost it. Lost it. We made it to the police station. My mother slapped me in front of the police so hard. Mm. And I was like, if y'all release me to her, she might murder me tonight. She's going to catch a body. <laughs> Not the police got to protect you. Yeah, I was like, somebody <laughs> catch a body. You ain't to kill me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so with that, fast forward, I said, okay, quickly. If you're going to be out here in these streets, learn everything. Yeah. So I quickly started learning everything. I started hanging. And every year, my criminal activities progressed. I left this stage of guys that was stealing cars. Then I went to this stage of guys that was robbing. Then I said, you know what? I want to be a drug dealer. I'm, I don't want to be no robber. Then I went to the stage of drug dealing. From there, I started packaging drugs, taking it out of town. And then I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. And I saw myself elevating from, you know, not making no money at all. The next thing, you know, I'm making $50,000 a week. I'm like, yeah, this is what I always wanted to do. Okay, we're going to pause <laughs> no, right pause. on that. We're going to pause. We got to run some commercials. And play a couple songs. Um, this is enthralling to me. And I hope, because I know the, the backside of the story, right? I know that that's what you thought you wanted to be. Yeah. Until you realized that there was another plan for you. Which is yeah. really, that's where I want to get. But this, I, I got to admit, I'm like, Ugh, I'm hanging on by the seat of my pants. And I hope that there, I know that young kids listen to this. I hope that you guys are listening to this because everything that glitters is truly not gold. It looks like gold. But, you know, I mean, nobody talks about the record that you can't get erased from one, you know what I mean? The system that wraps its arms around you yes. when you land in jail one time. Like how your whole life literally becomes Changes. paralyzed Changes. just from one bad, bad decision. decision, right? Um, So I want to come back and talk about this. Guys, we got senseless shenanigans when we call back, come back. Jarrell has something good for us. I hope it's good. And it's not anything about related to a slap. Uh, And then at 530, (laughs) we got Ask Michelle, 404-603-8770. I call her Ask Michelle, but really, if you're asking my guest, you got somebody in here, you can ask him anything. And he asks 
has to answer it. So make sure, make sure you do that. It's Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Real 1100 AM. We got iHeartRadio on. We got Facebook, Instagram at Michelle Taylor Willis. Don't touch any dial, guys. You're going to miss the story. We'll be right back. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. What's up? What's up? What's up? We were jamming so much in the break. Oh my gosh, you put it. You put this book right here in front of me, so I, I know. I like I am. You know, I have. I have my own right here. Did know, you autograph this book? You probably put some. I did autograph it, Michelle. You Remember probably I was put in your something office? basic. I, I, I did. Keep pushing. No, I just, I Sky's the limit. I just I hope you enjoy reading this book. I hope Sky. you enjoy reading this book. Sky's the limit. Gosh, can I get my own, like a very a special kind of whatever? Guys, welcome back. It's over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Real 1100 AM in the beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. I want to give a warm welcome at the top of the hour to everybody on iHeartRadio. What's up, iHeart? Thank you for listening. And the beautiful thing about all of this now, guys, is that you can circle back. And listen on the Over the Top podcast. Every Monday we drop a new podcast, and Every it's month. basically just a you know watered down version of the show. So if you can't listen to the show live, hit iHeart up, search for Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis. The podcast will come up, and you could be amazed, delighted, entertained. Yes. Are you entertained? What movie? Are you? Uh, that's uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Are you not, are you not entertained? Thank I you. love that. There you go. Gladiator. You that. are a gladiator, are you? We got Kirby Telsey in the house, author of Dope Boy, Deacon, True Life Story. He also is opening a brand new restaurant here in Atlanta, Eat Opulence. We got to make sure we check that out. He already said the first bite is going to the MT Dubs. I'm bringing it to you. Oh, you're, oh he's bringing it to me. Oh, yes. my God. What? Mama, I made it. <laughs> I've arrived. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. All right, guys, it is time for Sisla Shenanigans. Sisla Shenanigans is brought to you by Pristine and Clean TV Installations. You got to make sure you holler at my boy, Justin. Do y'all have TVs sitting around in boxes? Yes. Jarrell's like, does. yeah, Someone somebody does. does. You got to get it off the floor, and you don't want to just sit it on a on a table somewhere. It looks so janky. Holler at my boy. Call 404-398-3131. He will come. He will pick the box up. He will take the TV out. He will mount it on the wall for you mm. with no strings attached. Get Literally. it? Because it's wireless. See what uh. I did there? Well, it's not wireless, but you can't see the wires. Good advertising. It's great. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm doing. You know, they pay good money for these live reads. I'm giving you all I got, Justin. Make sure you holler at my boy. Pristine and clean TV installations.godaddy.com holler at him and he puts LED lights behind Yeah, I was about to say he can light your stuff up. He can light you up. Literally. Literally. And also metaphorically. And also (laughs) metaphorically. (laughs) Yes. Well, you don't, we don't, do they want to be lit up metaphorically? Well, Well, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. Light up a room, you know. Sure. Yeah. Right. Got it. Okay, Sisla shenanigans, (laughs) what we got? Wait. Shenanigans! 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 I love that part. All righty. What's up, y'all? Happy Wednesday. Good to see or, you know, everyone hear us again. Um, so this week's senseless shenanigan. It was reported on April 4th. Uh, so look, long story short, guys, I'm. it's all about hard work and dedication. OK, <laughs> I believe in you can get anything you want with hard work in life. Yes. But 
you do not need to scam people in the process. No. And is this a scam? We'll see how it goes on. But it was reported that the Black Lives Matter Foundation secretly purchased a mansion in the California state residency. It was a $6 million estate. And the thing that makes it really, really senseless is that they paid it in cash. You never use your own money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. No, that's what this comes down to. Because, you know, it could come off from, you know, everybody works. Everyone has a job in life, of course. But something like that, you just can't work a regular job. And, you know, when it comes down to a lot of donations in the past that were definitely given due to the Gosh. tragic events of George Floyd in 2020 you know it it just looks bad now it, very bad now personally I just think it's a waste of resources what are you going to do with this estate is it going to be a headquarters is it going to be a because it, it better not be a residency oh you from my understanding they, she's she's about to get convicted for that it's ah. in Bel- she was embezzling um, donated money yeah yeah she's going to jail for that and that sounds about right. That sounds pretty senseless to me. Yeah. Maybe because I'm a thug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Jeez, I hate that. Yeah. And that God. makes it that makes it harder for people Man, in the future we, that we actually... can't have these we can't have these kind of upsets. Man. Yeah. This this just reminds it's me of Katrina all over again. Money. Um, when people see certain amount of money they ain't never touched before in their life, the temptation is. The struggle is real. Yeah, because yeah, I know the intentions were, you know, at first. Yeah, in the beginning, she, yeah. didn't, she probably didn't even think they was going to give that much, much money. money. That's what you got to think, yeah. Yes. That wasn't the end She game. probably thought, you know, they're going to give us a few dollars. But when the millions started coming in, because yeah. you got to understand, most of this money probably came from Caucasian people. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For Wait, so, sure. So only one person was going to be living in the house? <laughs> She's the CEO. <laughs> She's the CEO. I, I, I saw a story about her. She's the CEO. And they were trying. They, yeah. I think she got indicted. Yeah, because it's uh, there's there's three members. But Patrice Cullors is who we speak of. That's the founder of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. But also she had two counterparts, Alisa Garza and Melina Abdullah. Oh I'm my not, gosh, she had the United Nations. So yeah, the. <laughs> no, I'm saying in a good way. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, literally. I'm saying it wasn't. I mean, no, you know. it wasn't just one side. I know what you mean. It's good and bad. It's good and bad. Um, yeah, I'm not sure into the extent the other ladies had to do with everything going on but it, it just not it's not looking good um waste of resources and like you said embezzlement is not like she woke up and had this money in her account already no so there's no way you know before this it wasn't the case so she was buying million dollar homes before this no one could say anything you know so uh. she was no, no. She if, was. if yeah, oh, I was yeah. like, left from a hundred thousand dollar house and maybe probably possibly two hundred thousand she had a six million dollar she was in little haiti yeah, yeah. <laughs> in little haiti <laughs> and now you're on south beach in a mansion she was like look i don't know how to sell i can sell one thing I gotta be the thing is that. like why are people so silly like that that's just like you even if you are going to be senseless with it yeah like be smart Right, like you automatically, it's kind of like the people during the um, with the uh, what do you call it, the money, the COVID the money, loan. the PPP money, oh, and the they PPP went out and bandits. bought like Rolls Royces, Rolls Royces <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, guys, come and on, on, on Facebook, ah, we balling, money like, stacked up. You know, Thanks, it, government. No, and that's so funny. Like, I have a seriously? friend who put in a PPP loan, but he actually has a business, and this isn't you know no scam or anything. He was just like. Man, like I use my money for like the actual stuff I needed for my business. It, it stinks to see people out here balling. Because like, they mess it. Floyd everybody Mayweather. messes it up. Yeah. We, forever. I mean, like you know, to it takes two seconds to lose 
the confidence of somebody. Yes. And and so now we're there. And you know what? Honestly, Jarrell, I think that is very senseless, but I don't even want to give that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, I hate that. I hate that for the movement. I hate that for everybody. Yeah. There's one person that messes it up for the gazillions of us. And here we are again. Yeah. And I understand why. I do. It's just stuff it like that. You should have had a board in place where that money should have been used by voting. So many different yeah. voting. No, no, you're not yeah. buying no house. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was. There should have been a board in place for that. There's you no. Know, you. I mean, it's just like yeah. yeah. So that is senseless. And uh, thanks for taking me down a notch. I'm sorry, Drill. Hey. The senseless shenanigans are supposed to be stupid and funny, well, not well, like well, real. Stupid. What? Well, not real. No. <laughs> Like the lady who beat the people up over hush puppies and long john silvers. Well, that Those hasn't happened again. I haven't. <laughs> trust me, no. I'm searching for them. That's that's not a regular occurrence. I hope maybe not in the southeastern part of the United States, other than Florida. But look, uh, I can go out west a little bit. I'll hit you with some better shenanigans Just, yeah, in the can, future. Where's Florida man? Find him. Now the thing about Florida man is you could. Uh, Florida man goes so south so quick. Florida Man should have its own newspaper, its own news network. Well, you ever like play the, the Florida Man game? There's a Florida Man game. Well, it's it, it was well, not like a, it's kind of a game, but all you have to do is Google Florida Man and your birthday, and oh, you'll no. find something. Something that happened. Oh my! Gosh. I googled mine, and it was a man uh, hit his girlfriend with a bag of tortilla chips while she was giving birth because he found out the baby might not be his. Is that a felony oh. crime? No. Dude, but those are, there you go. That's how you find your next <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. There's a reason Greg's the producer. Yes. That's terrible. That's your next <laughs> shenanigan. Type in random dates. Yeah, random And let's see Florida what dates. we can get from Florida Man. Yeah, thank you, Florida Man. <laughs> he and should have a commercial. Thanks, Florida Man. Because of Florida Man, I was able to. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, because of Florida Man, there's a lot of things we can't do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, seriously, the thank you, Jarrell. I appreciate it. Of course. And uh, I'm apologizing on behalf of everybody for the movement. You know, jeez. All right, that's, that's it for Sensible Shenanigans today. Brought to you again by Pristine and Clean TV Installations, 404-398-3131. Holler at my boy, Justin, if you need to get that TV off the floor and on the wall. Mm. I had to make it rhyme. Uh, on the, off the floor, on the... The floor, but I didn't want to say. You what? know, like, sometimes you don't say the whole word, so the rhyme with the next word. I know what you mean. So, like, Spanglish. Not Spanglish, but, like, No, not Spanglish. What are you talking... No. No. Never mind. Because I was going to be, like, from the window to the wall, but why would a TV be on the window? Uh, that'd be... <laughs> No. Okay. Never mind. All right. And we're back. Okay. So where are we? I know. Kirby's like, this is going all wrong all the no, time. No, no, no. I'm enjoying he, it. He's like, make me understand. I'm enjoying all right. It. So we left off. So now, so you said you basically, you elevated your game. Yeah. And you got to like where you wanted to be. You were like, this is it. Selling drugs. This is, this is where I'm supposed to be. I wanted to be an advanced drug dealer. I didn't want to be. No nickel and dime drug dealer in the spot, um, um, breaking down ounces into chopping them down. I just wanted to be a big drug dealer. And I got to that point, and I started making a lot of money. But along with money, there comes envy, there comes jealousy, and there comes problems. You got to look out for robbery, police, and the feds. Mm. And the feds are the, the most scariest of them all. It, but is is that when you know you've made it? 
No, you don't want to know you made it when <laughs> okay. the fans come knocking on your well, door. Well, no, 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 not that. No, 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 no. No, never that, never that. But no. like just expecting all those things. Like, you know well, what I mean? Because um, how did you know? It's a how did paranoia, you know you weren't a normal? It's a paranoia that comes at with every level that you go up in the drug game. And, if, you know, when you sell a nickel and dime, you got to watch for the beat cop or the little jump out. We call them jump out in Miami. And so when you on the block for a little bit, you kind of know who coming through, how to move around. But when you get to the point where you're on a federal level, you don't know where it's coming from. Mm. I could have served right, Michelle a brick it... over here, and Michelle went down the street and got caught. Oh, I'll I, I cooperate. Right. Mm. I could sell you a brick in South Carolina, and you get caught. I'm going to cooperate. Because nobody know, wants to go. Nobody wants to go quietly. Don't nobody just want to go do their 10 years. The, the, the game for snitches, do 10 or do a friend. Mm. That's 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 what they call about when guys are ready to snitch. The feds gonna say you either go do ten or give us one of your friends. That's and so that's why the federal conviction rate is what they say ninety eight percent conviction yeah. rate. Nobody wants to go to trial when your best friend telling them yeah yeah we used to be in the kitchen cooking dope and yeah 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 and you kept the money over here. Nobody wants to go to trial with that type of evidence. Yeah. Right. Because ten years could turn into twenty five years immediately. So you just nod your hellcat. Okay, yeah, he's he, what he told you was the truth, and you cop out and go do your time. And I always thought that was crazy why their conviction rate was so high. It's but because it, but no it one sense. wants to go what they call get in a box with the feds. My younger brother went in the box with the feds and came back with a deadlock jury, and he said, "Kirby, I'm going again." I said, "No, you're not." Wow. They didn't collected enough evidence for the first trial to really slam you. This is the first time I ever seen something like this. When we went to his trial, the DA say. I'm going to give you a chance to go to the back and convince your brother to take these seven years I'm offering. So I went, I said, listen, stop playing with these people, you know. These people, they playing with you. And he looked at me, and he let me go back there with his daughter. His daughter was three or four years old at the time. He said, look at my baby, Kirby. He said, I got to raise my baby. I ain't going down like that. He said, get out of here. He said, don't come uh, speaking down into my head. He said, really? get. My brother said, get out of here, Kirby. Right. I'm looking at him like, he said, he's going to give you 20 years. He said, get out, Kirby. He said, I'm going to be home to raise my daughter. Get out of here. And I left. My brother went to trial. How, How did it turn yeah. out? Deadlock jury, 11 to 1. Really? Yeah, so they was trying to give him 20 years, so the judge was like, y'all ain't convinced me he a drug dealer. He's a womanizer now. You know <laughs> <laughs> he does have hoes, everyone. Yeah, that was, like, that's, that's, that's not the argument. <laughs> he's a womanizer now, but I'm not convinced he's a drug dealer. Wow. Yep. Dang, okay, brother. Yep. He, he was very proud that he he did. I said, boy, you did that one. Yeah, boy. he did. I said, I said, he had a really good attorney. Yeah, it was an attorney. We just picked out of because he, he caught his tr- uh, case in Ohio. We picked that attorney out of uh, just rolling through some pages. Really? Yeah, we had to get that guy like $30,000. Oof. Yeah. Oh, those trials are not those. That's not cheap. Don't sound cheap. No. So let me ask you a question real quick because I loved The Wire. Is you, is that, was that real? That's very real. So the wire is like, that's it. That's how. This is how the feds could gather information. This is how they come with conspiracy. Kirby called Michelle. Kirby, can I get, uh, that's why guys speak in codes and the fed decode all of this stuff. Mm. You can speak in code all you want to. The, The most harmless thing for any drug dealers to ever pick up a phone and talk on the phone. You need... You don't know who listening to your conversation. Right. So you, it's best that you don't talk to nobody on the phone. And that's why they And I'm not like... giving you guys the tip of being, to be <laughs> a, a boy detection from the Feds 101. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what a guy told me when I was selling drugs and I got locked up. He said, come here, young blood. He was older than me. This is in jail? I'm in jail. He said, come here. I said, what's up? He said, you want to know how to stay out of jail? Uh, I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, stop, stop selling drugs. 
And I looked at him like, man, go on somewhere with that. Like <laughs> I'm on, I'm 18, yeah, I'm perfect. only 18 years old, boy. I just got started my drug career. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, I got a little injury. They done put me in time out right now. He said, you want to stay out of jail? I'm like, yeah, what, what's the secret? He said, stop selling drugs. There you go. And he walked away. We wasn't even in the same cell because my name was buzzing in the jail I was in. Oh, they got one of them little Miami boys in here. Oh. So my name was Buzzy. He said, come here, Miami, come here. I said, what's that? He said, you want to know how to stop, uh, stay out of jail? I said, ow, stop selling drugs. I mean, it's that that simple. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. That wasn't enough to keep, because you were in jail. Just doing a little a little bit, right? Yeah, I was doing a little bit. I only did four months. You see months what I did? Bit. I was right. You're I took right, a chance. A little bit. You took I took a chance, chance on that term. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if mm, it was going to work did, or not. I did but a little bit. That was a four-month bid. I okay. came home. That's a, that's a See, I, was, I, I think I was 18 at the time when I caught that case. So I came home. I st- started moving with caution. What was your mom saying, though? Like My mother, her being a Haitian immigrant, she Haitians are very prideful, and they're proud of education. And all my mother talked about was go to school, Kirby. Go to school. There's no place in America. There's no place here on earth for an uneducated black man. My mother, that was a big thing. No place on earth for an educated, uneducated. uneducated black man. She said, go to school, Kirby. Go to school. And I'm looking at my mother. School ain't going to get us out of this condition we're in. Right. We're living in poverty. Mm-hmm. And I, I I hear you talking about school, but I, we need car. We need our lights paid. We need food on the table. But my mother's like, Kirby, we fine. Mm. You ain't got to do nothing. Just go to school. And I'm like, I this is not enough for me. This is not enough for me. I got to get out of here. So you do that. You do that first bid, and you get out, and then you're like, "Now nah, I'm going. I'm going deeper, deeper, deeper." Oh, I so got, I got deeper. Nothing, it didn't even really phase jail you. Jail did not scare me. It's like little steps. Now I got arrested at 16 in my neighborhood. Then I got arrested at 17, and I'm 18 years old. I'm in locked up for drug trafficking. I'm like, sure. How much time they gonna give me? What? Oh, y'all ain't gonna give me that much time? Psh, I'm going back. Wow. Then now, uh, when they caught me a year later, when the feds came and got me, they're like, you've been busy. We finna put you away this time. So, like, now you're going to prison. You going away this time. Mm. So, let me ask you a question. If, when you were, when you got, you did that four-month stint, what would have changed you at that point, like, is there anything that could have been done differently that would have had the same effect when you got hit up at 19, 20, when you went away? What I know now, there was not a me to talk to me. I never ran into a me. But that dude told you to stop telling drugs. He wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say, he, he, he didn't convince me. Right. You understand? Because what, guess what? He was in here with me. Right. Mm. So he would. He, I didn't want to hear his conversation. He would. There was not a me. Like you needed a Keith Strickland. Yes. Yes. Right. Keith uh, Strickland actually is somebody. He owns a, a nonprofit here, focused on keeping you know young kids out boys of jail. off the street yeah. and then out of jail. Yeah. So okay. So if you had had a Keith, Keith, real Keith, been through the wire. Keith, uh, he looks the par, but he's he's focused on. Listen, there's a better way to live. So if you had a Keith when you were in form, if if Keith was the one that said stop selling drugs, then I would have listened to Keith. Okay. Because Keith looked like me. Right. You know, Keith understands the language of drug selling and the the the, the carnage that it causes in our black community. So I would have listened to Keith. Got it. There wasn't a me. That's all I could tell you. So the feds have been listening. So you're like 1920 now, right? 
Yeah, but, when the feds picked me up, I was shocked they were even looking at me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not. Miami, but you were one of the, you were a big, you were. Not to the capacity that feds come to look at me. I just got caught up in an investigation. Got it. Of one of my friends. Now my plug, the feds need to be looking at him. This man bringing in boatloads of cocaine into Miami. But I was only moving a couple of keys. So when they, I heard they were looking for me, my heart sunk. I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. How'd I, you hear? I got shot. Oh, wow. And so the feds came to the hospital to come get me, but I left the same day. Wait, I you, walked out the same day. Did you, you did you know they were coming or just coming? I didn't know. Obviously, okay, Tom Cruise. I, you know, <laughs> listen, it's like, you know how walking through the lines, then Daniel, ain't no lines knowing that, but it doesn't. That was what's happening. Like, they just came looking for me and I wasn't there. Now they go to my mama's house. They got my whole house surrounded. But I'm at Gosh. my godparents' house recruit, recuperating from the gunshot. Because my, my mama like, go stay at your godparents' house. Now I come to go get me some clothes. And when I get to my neighbor, said, Kirby, it was so many federal agents oh surrounding around. I said, It was literally like a movie. Yeah, he like, I said, what? He said, yeah, it was a lot of federal agents over here. I said, you for real? So I'm thinking like, what the feds want with me? Yeah. I'm a crack dealer, but I'm not to the, we in Miami. The average crack dealer that's a kingpin in Miami probably moving about a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of drugs a week. I wasn't doing that, mm. so I'm like, how did I get on their radar? I didn't know I was being investigated with one of my friends. Right. But thankfully, thank God, I was a dumb criminal. Like I tell y'all, I never got on the phone with those people. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't talk to them. My friend was just blah blah blah. blah. I like get off my mama phone talking crazy. <laughs> Cause he used to be at my mother's house trying to do his right. drug deal. I said, Are you crazy? Get off my mother phone. So the feds got you through another investigation. Yes. Is that when you did your long time in yes. prison? Yes. When they came to get me, they said to me, they said, Miami really don't know who you are. They said, but Georgia do. They got a dr- they had an open drug charge on me in Georgia. Dang. Wow. So they said Georgia does because I always use alias names. I, I went, I got arrested 13 times on a different name every time. I walked in and out of jail. Where, where, where was your license? I learned to stop caring after the first arrest. <laughs> Hey, I never handed you live and learn. Yeah, I never <laughs> handed my license ever ever again after that. Remember I told you I, I quickly became a criminal? Yeah. I said, that's it. I ain't walking around no ID no more. Okay. And I never walked the ID no more. I knew my brother's license number by heart. I always gave him my brother's name. Wow. Homicide detective came and got me for a shooting I was involved in. And when they pulled me out of the car, they said, uh, what's your name? I said, my name Allen. They said, where's Kirby? They got me. I was like, I don't know where Kirby at. And they probably were right, because Kirby was a miss. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. The real Kirby. Yeah. I said, I don't know where Kirby at. And so he took a picture of me and put my brother's name on the picture. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Okay, I got to take a break. But so so you, so you the feds grab you, and now you go, and you get sentenced to prison for? Ten years. So you did ten years. I did six, and I have almost seven years on that bid right there. I did three different bids. Collectively, it was ten years of, of prison time. I was put I, I on my web. I said I was put in timeout for ten years. You know how when you a bad kid in school, yeah. go in that corner. You in timeout. The feds, the state, they put me in timeout for a total of ten years. Go sit down somewhere. You don't know how to behave in society. <laughs> go in the corner. <laughs> so at what point? And then we're gonna we're gonna take a break and come back and finish the story. At what point did God say? Because that's why you're the dope boy deacon, right? God pulled you out of this from your perspective, right? That's yeah. what. Um. When I was 19 or 20, I got into altercation and I shot somebody. I, at this time, I don't know nothing about no God. 
I went to church as a kid, yeah. but I don't know. No one could tell me God speak. God spoke to me. No one could ever tell me uh, God spoke to me last night, Kirby. This, that, third. I didn't never hear anyone say that. But until that day I shot that person, God spoke to me that day. I'm like, I thought I, was, I thought I went crazy. I thought I lost my mind. I shot the person and I heard God say, exactly what you just did to that individual is going to happen to you. If you understood me coming up, my verbiage was not like that. I had a Miami slang. If the the worst of the ebonics, if, if that's a terminology, like I could not articulate myself the way I heard that word come to me. I said, I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was in the car with my friends because we trying to from the machine. It was a big shootout. And we trying to get away. I threw the gun in the front seat and they riding, they speeding, they laughing. And I heard exactly what you just did to that young man is going to happen to you. If you know how I spoke back then, every other word was a cuss word. And my I, the N word was my favorite word. And some people say I use it too much now. Because <laughs> I'm a preacher, but I be using the N word when I preach. They be like, you need to stop that. <laughs> I'm put you with Jasmine Guy. She, she stopped oh, using the N word. Yeah, she, so she I was it. using yeah. the N word back then. So I'm like, like, so you're like, this is not, not me. me. This is not this me. This is somebody else talking <laughs> yes, to me. This is okay, hold that thought. We got to take a break. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This, is this amazing? This is awesome. This is crazy. Guys, you're listening to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis on Real 1100 AM and over and, I'm sorry, IR Radio. I'm just like, ah. 404-603-8770. Call in. You can ask Kirby. You can ask me anything you want to. And uh, and we're going to get the back half of the story when we come back. Don't touch anything or you're going to miss it. Michelle. That's me. Welcome what? 539. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, guys? We are back. I'm trying to get my <laughs> headphones on. My headphones are not on. If you're watching on Facebook or Instagram right now, I know you're like, what just happened? What literally just happened? Welcome back to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis. We're on Real 1100 AM. We got Kirby Telsey in. The house talking about his book, Dope Boy Deacon True Life Story. If you want the book, find him on Facebook, Kirby Telsey. That's K E R B Y Telsey. Yes. And then DM him, T E L C Y. DM him. Let him know. He's like, look, I don't have no fancy platforms right now. I'm just selling this book as I, as I, you know, shipping this book as I sell it. So you go DM him, DM him. He will. Tell you twenty five bucks, right? Twenty five dollars. The center twenty five dollars. He will ship the book out to you personally. But you got to check it out because this book is about to be a movie. I, I, like my new thing is, I went from selling bricks to books. There from you go. Books now. I, I was selling bricks. Now I'm selling books. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Like rags to riches. Yeah. Rags let's to go. riches. Let's go. <laughs> and I already told people if you're listening live right now. On Real 1100 AM, 404 603 8770. If you call in for Ask Michelle, then we are giving away a book. I'm going to give you a copy of Kirby Telsey's book. So call in 404 603 8770, and uh, you can walk away. Well, not walk away, but you can hang up the phone and have. <laughs> have one of these books in your hand. Speaking of Ask Michelle, i got to make sure I give a shout out to Pristine and Clean TV installations. If you need. A TV hung. If you need anything, you know, electronic hung on your wall, then you got to make sure you check out my boy, Justin, 
3131. I can't read my own handwriting. 404-398-3131. Pristine and clean TV installations. And listen, guys, I know you guys get thirsty. I get thirsty all the time. That's why I drink Coke products. I got some handy-dandy Dasani water. I also like the vitamin water, which is amazing. Um, smart water is good. And they got the flavored like infused smart waters now with like lavender and all kinds of cool things. Oh, so I've never had that one before. Yeah, it's good. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, you gotta I check it out. Coca-Cola Bottling Company United. If you gotta drink soda, drink Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I like this it. This book right here has already been paid for. Somebody just paid for it already. Well, look yeah. at that. Look at God. These are my childhood friends. Neil, thank you, Neil. This for, is awesome. See yeah. what happens when you come out over the top radio? I know. I had a feeling I was in good company. You I had, had a, a feeling. I had a feeling. You, this is what we do. We try to do it. All right, guys, we got a caller on the line. Hello. Welcome to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis. Who is this? What's up, Michelle? This is Marcel. Hey, Marcel. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic now that you called in, Marcel. What do you do for a living, Marcel? Oh, man, I, I'm actually, I'm not working right now, um, but, you know, I'm in between jobs just because of what's been going on with the pandemic coming out of that, but I was just calling in because, you know, I wanted to say, you guys got to make that movie. We're going to make, <laughs> mo- we gonna make it a movie now. We're going to make it a movie. You guys have to make that movie, man. And I want to know, so what, how's, your, how's your brother feel that, you know, you kept using his name? <laughs> My dad got on me about that. Not pops. Yeah, because I got arrested, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm arrested. Feds got me right now, right? I'm in the county jail. And then they go arrest my brother on all these warrants oh, for tickets. My no. brother had never got no trouble. And so my dad oh, was like, dang. so when I called home, oh my, my dad gosh. said, Kirby, I just had to bond your brother out of jail from all those tickets you got. And I was like, yeah, dad, I forgot to mention. And he said, Kirby, don't do this again. Oh, That's your God. lifestyle, not his. Why so, did he make you pay for it? I was in jail. Yeah, when you came out of jail, I'm sure you had some drug money. Seven years out. later? <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that under the bridge. We'll leave that yeah, where it is. Yeah, seven years later, my dad went off. My dad said, Kirby, please keep him out your mess. Oh, wow. Yeah, my brother got arrested in his underwears that day. Oh, no. In his underwears? Oh. Yeah, they went and got He was brother. like, I'm the Incredible Hulk, man. <laughs> my brother like, I didn't have nothing to do with this. It's got to be my brother Kirby. You know what? We hear it all the time. Get yeah. in the car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Okay, well, so, Marcel, for you calling in, we're going to give you a copy of Dope Boy Deacon by Kirby Telsey. You've been, uh, clearly, you've been listening to the story, so you know it sounds amazing, right? Absolutely. That's something I would definitely go pay to see. Okay. Thank you. Look Thank you. Thank you. Great, because we're going to charge you tons of money to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Marcel. Hey, listen, can you hang on the line so we can get your um, name and address and, and everything? And my friend and Neil donated to... this book to her. My friend Neil paid yeah, home. That's my, that's my childhood well, friend. I was, I was paying for a book. Well, okay. You pay. Okay. I mean, you let you. The next caller. Neil <laughs> paid home. My friend Neil paid home. Paid for a book already. All right. It's raining books. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's raining books. Thank you, Marcel. Thanks. Um, that was awesome. That's awesome. And Neil, you said that's your Neil, childhood friend? Neil, that's my childhood, childhood friend. friend. We went through every stage of school together. Elementary, middle, and high school. And he's and now there he is yeah. supporting you. Yes. So, so you hear God talk and you say, all right, I- I'm done? No. <laughs> no. Dang. If you know me, you... I'm hard-headed. Mama ain't raised no quitter, huh? Yeah. No, I didn't know it was God. You got to I didn't know God was talking. I had never had an experience where God, did, this is God. It was no thunder and lightning. It was, <laughs> like this Thor. is God. 
the father of Jesus, none of that. I just heard that. I'm like, I brushed it off. So you said you felt like you were crazy. I thought I was crazy. I said, I'm brushing that off. You just get through into a heated argument, guns drawn. You shooting people in front of people. Of course, I'm, I, I lost it for a moment. God just tried to yeah, kill somebody. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, right? I just tried to kill somebody. So I lost it for that moment. So I'm feeling, I just lost my mind temporarily. I'm talking to myself now. I don't want to hear this. And, and we went on about our business. So when did you say, I now I got to start preaching? Were you in jail? Were you, I mean, in prison? or? Okay, or? yeah. I went to prison. And when they handed me that long sentence, I was like, you know what, God? I need to find out who you are for myself. I went to church all the time as a kid, but I didn't get nothing out of it because I didn't sit still long enough to read the Bible. So now I got time. So I started reading that Bible, flowing through that Bible, reading that Bible, flowing through that Bible. And through those pages, God started talking to me. But I still don't really, I don't have a, I couldn't grasp what I was reading. I'm not like, it's not like I'm in theology school and they're, and they're breaking stuff down, right, Bible, right. hermeneutics and all that. I don't know nothing about this. I'm just reading the Bible the past time. Right. Amongst reading my other books that's entertained me, then I'm like, let me read the Bible. Read, because you understand, when you're in jail for a long period of time, the emotional roller coaster you go through, I don't care who say, I don't care how tough they pretend to be, you're going to go on an emotional roller coaster ride in there. Just hold on. And so you're going through changes. One minute you feel like you want to be a good guy. I'm going to behave. I ain't going to do this. no. Next minute when I get, I'm busting it outside of here. I'm doing it. you just going through these changes. So the only calming thing for me was to read that Bible. Just read your Bible. Sit still and be quiet. And God, please, I want to change. I know I'm not doing it because my mother, This I told somebody this story. And they were like, wow. When I got arrested, my mother had a few uh, specks of gray, gray hair. When I came home, my mother's hair was completely white. Mm. It just let me know that how, how, as I was going through my change, my mother was going through her change. Mm -hmm. And when I came out, it let me know, time done passed you by. Wow. You playing here, time has passed you by. When you left, this lady was strong and, and, and very strong will, and she had silver hair. Now her hair is completely white. You're losing out on your life, basically, when I've seen all that. And I'm like, it's time to make some corrections. So what happened? What happened from there, I had a call out. I opened a call out on Memorial Drive. I was, you know, my brothers, they were, they were, they were big. My brothers they were bigger than I had ever imagined I would ever been. My brother was responsible for a lot of stuff. So I stayed away from them in the beginning. I'm like, I'm getting away from them. I ain't trying yeah, to get no more trouble. Yeah, you don't want to be right. Yeah, so I ain't trying to get no more trouble. I don't want to be around them. I want to be by myself. Sure. And so after that transpired, then my brother started coming to Georgia because they, they in Miami running their thing. Like, Kirby, I'm going to leave this here with you. They might drop 10 bricks off. I'm like, I'm tempted. They're like, just leave it and don't touch it. I'm like, don't touch it. God, yeah, that's he, like, I mean. Crazy? I pick up the phone, start making some call. Hey, yo, I got some bricks over here. And then when my brother come by, like, here's the money. He said, who told you this? I say, you can't leave no dope over here with me. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's like a different type of addiction, yeah. right? Dope sold, money fold. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So he was like, Kirby, I just want you to hold that. Because my brother had his thing where he would come here, drop off drugs, and go to Maryland where he can get more money. But it's here. People, drugs are always in demand. Yeah. So I just sold the drug, and then I got back in the drug game. God. Yeah, I got back in the drug game. And so from there, 
it was back back at it again but this time i went to another level i went to heights when people started bringing me a million dollars in cash i knew i was in something different and that's what happened so that type of stuff is very tempting and it's very hard to walk away from what you think is a quick lick or an easy right. flip. Oh man, I'm gonna make me because off a million dollars of drug sales, I'm gonna walk away with like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars of my own. This is my money, and I turn the rest of the money in. Right. See, a million dollar drug deal is not my money. I gotta turn that money in, take my my uh, percentage, and I'm gone. But man, all it takes one gunshot. Oh yeah. One wrong call. Yeah. And life is over. Yeah. So what really made you say? I'm done. I'm done, done. I started going to church. I started going to church seriously. I, when I sold this car to this lady, she came to me and said to me, she said, I need you to take this car back. I, and I remember at my car, I like, I ain't taking nothing back. She said, if you was in Chicago, I have family members that I met. I said, lady, you think I'm scared of something? I don't care who you brought up here. I'm not taking nothing back. And she said, God spoke to me about you. What? I said, me. So I said, if God said anything to you about me and it's true, I'm going to fall down on my knees right here and give my life to God. And the lady started talking. What'd she say? She said, hurry up, I only got a minute and a half. She said, you made <laughs> some promises to God that you broke. And she started going into details. I said, lady. She said exactly what the pro- yeah. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, okay, you got me. Really? Yeah. I said, you got me. She just exposed me. I had never encountered a prophet or a prophetess before. And she pulled a cover from underneath me. At the time she was telling me this, I had a bulletproof vest in my office. I had a gun and I had a brick of cocaine in my office. And I said, yeah, this lady owns something. She scared me, actually. I had never met her. I didn't even sell her the car. I sold her daughter the car, but her daughter was scared to come talk to me. So she showed up. And that's what changed everything. Because I was like, anybody could say oh, you made promises to God. No. Yeah, of course. Everyone uh, no, no. I mean, yeah. No, uh, no uh, crap, Sherlock. Uh, Thank uh, you. The way she came at me, I was like, uh, you got me. Dang. And so my business partner looked at me like, what's going on out there? Because my business partner saw, he like, you had a coming to Jesus moment. And I was mad like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> mind yeah, your business. Actually. Yeah, mind your business. Stay out Drink my business. Drink your water and mind <laughs> your business. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so that's how I. So then you start now. This, these are the stories we hear, right? Where people yeah. take, you know, you use the now you use the money for good, right? Yeah. You so invest in businesses. You got I opened up businesses. Um, I gave a lot of money to my church. Gave cars. I owned the car lot, so in total, I gave away thirty cars. So I said, God, you turned me into a drug dealer, into a philanthropist. I just started giving cars to people that need cars. Um, I wrote this book, and. And you got the restaurant I that's got the opening. Restaurant coming. We'll talk about Eat that. Opulence on, the, on the way. Get yeah. opulence. Yep. So yeah. we're talking about that on the backside of that break. Guys, if you want this book, Dope Boy Deacon by Kirby Telsey. All you got to do is go to his Facebook, K-E-R-B-Y-T-E-L-C-Y. DM him. Tell him you want the book. Tell him, if you've been listening to the, any part of the story for the last two hours, you got to be like, okay, I got to see what he put in between these pages because it's just too good. Look, when we come back, we're going to close this thing out. Got Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis right here, Real 1100 AM. iHeartRadio at Michelle Taylor Willis on just about everything. We're almost done, guys. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Michelle. Michelle. Wow, 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 wow is literally all I can say. We are 
literally at the end. And I'm saying wow for so many reasons. Um, one, amazing guest, Kirby. Amazing discussion. Thank you so much for being so transparent, sharing your life and your love um, with us. And um, wow, because I can't believe the show is over. Uh, wow, because you got this new restaurant coming out and the food better be good. Kirby, if you bring me food and it's not good, I promise you I'm exposing you because do, I believe in tough love, Kirby. Do I look like I associate with nothing that's not good? Huh? No. Okay, thank you, Michelle. No. no. I hired I hired the best people. You you got to. You look, everything you have is best. I mean, look at him. Look at yeah. the guy. Look at him. He is fashioned out. He's always thank clean. Thank you. Always clean. Okay, so tell us, how do we get, tell us a little bit real quick about Eat Opulence. What's the restaurant? Eat what is it? And Opulence how do we find is, it? Eat Opulence is a restaurant I opened up in the Stockbridge area, Henry County. Um, I, I was already in the restaurant business previously before this, so it was nothing too hard to put together. But um, you want your best succulent lamb chops. You want to come get uh, lavish lobster tails. You want to come get wings. You want to come get salmon, salmon bites, fish and grits. Eat Opulence, 922. Eagles Landing Parkway, Stockbridge, Georgia, and you're gonna come and have what I call, we call it Opulence because it's gonna be luxurious and it's gonna be lavish. You're gonna experience this and when you come to eat Opulence. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to eat. Okay, now you said you're gonna actually bring me mine, right? I'm bringing your food. You're gonna bring it to my office? I'm bringing it to your office. I would like. You're gonna be the first delivery. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, because you said I'm getting the first taste of food, right? Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay, eat opulence. And then tell us one more time how do we get this book? My book, I, I, I have my books um, available when you. Go to my Facebook page. You DM me and say, hey, I want a book. You give me your address. You cash at me uh, $25 at Tell Kirby. Oh, no, it's Kirby Tell, dollar sign Kirby Tell. And you send me the address and I mail it to you. If you're in the Atlanta area, I I guess it'll take a day for the book to get there. So I promise you, if you grab this book, this is a very good example of someone trying to identify themselves as a man coming out of being a teenager, trying to find their way. I was trying to tell you, I was looking for my identity, and I put it in the pages of this book. I was mm. looking for my identity and my place in this world. I guess my mother, like my mother said, there's no place in this world for un, uh, uneducated black men. My mother used to say that all the time. I hope everybody heard it. Two little boys over here. Did you hear what he just there's said? There's no say it again. place in this world for an uneducated black man. No place but trouble. No place but jail. No place but death. Mm. Educate yourself. Mm. Let them have it. Kirby, seriously, I I loved having you on today. And and wait, Kirby, no, we got some people on our IG Live. What is your Instagram? My Instagram is called Dope Boy Deacon. The book. The book. I'm promoting the book. Dope Boy Deacon. And my restaurant is Eat Opulence at ATL. There you go. Gotcha. All right, guys, let's support this guy. We got to support people doing the right things. Buy his book. Eat at his restaurant. If you're not in Atlanta, Come to Atlanta, drive down to Stockbridge. Oh, God, Stockbridge. You ain't got to come. I don't have to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come up to, yeah, Castleberry Hill. And uh, and check him out. Let's support each other, guys. I can't believe it's over. Like, seriously. I had fun. This time together. Just to have a laugh or sing a song. Since we just got started and before you know it. We have to stay so long. I feel like I was just listening to the female version of Fred Astaire. <laughs> yes, I just Gilbert need to- <laughs>
It's Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. Okay. It's a Carol Burnett show. Okay. You don't okay. remember? I remember we've, that show. We've only had one person on here that yeah. was able to match one, me in these lyrics. One for that one. was Elisa Green. She's gone down in history. Guys, I'm here every Wednesday, 4 p.m. right here on Really 1100 AM. You can listen to me on iHeartRadio. You can follow me at Michelle Taylor Willis on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, at Michelle Taylor Willis on just about everything. Download the VTV network on Roku and Amazon Fire. Watch according to Michelle. You can find me at Wednesdays at 1230, Radivision.com for Black is the New Green, where we interview the most amazing black founders in the um, startup world. Right now, I'm hungry. I don't have any opulence. I'm going to wait till next week. But right now, I got to say, guys, I am out. You've been over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. on The Real 1100. Night, Michelle.